Jimmy, Merry Smashmas. Merry Smashmas to us all. God smash us, everyone. (laughs) No, no, never mind. Tiny Tim, (laughs) who did not smash. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Smash Bros. Ultimate came out, and I need to do grown-up things like pay rent and credit card bills before buying it, so I haven't bought it yet. But you played it uh, yesterday, right? It was my first time playing Smash Brothers Ultimate at a friend's Christmas party. Um, it's it's good, man. It's Smash Brothers. Everyone <laughs> it's is here. Wrong. They they perfected the formula a while ago, and I feel like now they're just yeah. riffing. It's um, yeah. It, it it feels great. It moves very smoothly. Um, the like the graphic quality is like very. It, it's very Nintendo. It's very nice looking. There's yeah. one of my favorite stages uh, from the N64 was brought back, um, Hyrule Temple. And oh, uh, good. instead of just doing like using the Breath of the Wild like background or something, it's mm-hmm. like the same background for the stage that was in N64, and, but like upscaled and like redone. So it's all this like this beautiful painterly sort of atmosphere in the background. It just looks real nice. God, I never thought I'd be nostalgic for a video game level. But man, Hyrule Castle and Smash Bros takes me back. Wasn't it such a great stage? Like so hiding good. underneath that little tower on the the right end of the stage and dodging all the 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 whirlwinds that would chuck you up in the air. Yeah, well, and especially like in that iteration cuz that was Melee, right? Is that right? That was the N64 version. Oh, you're t- I'm sorry. I'm thinking What's the one in Melee that's a little bit bigger? Oh, the new Hyrule, that Hyrule not, Temple, the big yeah, one. Yeah, not not the like new new one, but the big one, the one in the GameCube. Is that still yes. Hyrule Temple? It's or in that's there too. Temple yeah. as opposed to Castle. I don't, I don't, know. I don't know. But don't that know. one, man, that I have spent many many hours of my life on that stage. But you're talking about the one from the N64, which is also yeah. very good. And it's it's what I was gonna say is those stages, and I guess this applies to both are some of the few that don't move. Yeah. Like, especially in the GameCube, I feel like it was the only one that didn't move, and it was so nice to not have, like... The floor moving out from under you. Right, yeah. And and it was still bigger than uh, Final Destination, so you weren't, like, freaking out over, you know, the six foxes that are coming at you with no items. Exactly. Uh, But it's good, the verdict says. It's good. The game. It's a good game. I've only played it for, like, an hour. But it was really good. I played um, a little bit of Ridley. I think I still need a time, some time to get like used to his moves. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure what they all do yet. But I played Dark Samus too, and man, it just feels so good to play as Dark Samus. It's I I knew as soon as Dark <laughs> Samus was announced, I was like, oh, Jimmy is gonna be all the fuck over this shit. Like God, I love Metroid Mr. Prime too. Mr. Echoes. Metroid Prime is the best game series of all time. <laughs> is gonna play Dark Samus and prime two is such an underrated like hidden and forgotten gem mm-hmm. of the series like no one ever talks about it but it's so good and dark samus as a character in smash just feels good to play she's like a punchier samus i feel her attacks okay. are cooler and um she just looks really cool because she's a grotesque alien formed from samus's suit and a sentient uh patch of weird element from another planet right 
Right. Some of my favorite fan art has been uh, Zero Suit Dark Samus. Oh, where it's just, just like a, a horrible just a bunch weird, of like, like organs amoeba. and monstrous yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eldritch abominations. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite fan arts that came out after she was announced was um, uh, it was Mega Man who is talking to Dark Samus. Is like, gee, everyone has their dark versions. Are you just a dark version of Samus? And then like Dark Samus's like helmet splits open. It's a mouth, and it's this horrible like tongue comes out, and she's like Samus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, man, I, yeah, God, I cannot wait to pick up this game. I'm going to. I have enough friends in the States that, like, have Switches and play it, which you need to do, by the way. You need to just get, yeah. a, get a Switch. You have a job now. You can do that, right? Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Jobs are just never-ending supplies of money. Um, well, it's not, It's first <laughs> on my Christmas list now. I, I bumped it up. So if oh, I don't get it Christmas morning, I'm just going to go out and freaking buy it. Yeah, do I it. Have to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. Treat yourself. Yeah, kudos to you for having that that Christmas patience. I have no <laughs> such thing. Um, but yeah, I oh man, I, I can't wait. I really I'm a little miffed that they already announced DLC for it and it wasn't Waluigi. Uh did you see this? I can't yes, I can't believe I was watching the uh the live stream just in case they announced more Metroid stuff. Um, but they didn't. Yeah, but well, I can't yeah. believe they announced more characters for Smash Brothers like two hours before the games launched. Right? Yeah, like the game isn't even out yet, and you're <laughs> announcing more stuff that you can buy for it. And like, okay, fine. Persona Five is is good, right? Like, I haven't played it, but I've heard good things, so it's cool to have a character from it. But everyone's been talking about Waluigi since the last game came out, right? Like, yeah. You know, like it's it would be so mind blowing to announce Waluigi at the Game Awards. Everyone would go out and buy a Switch and the game and like a lifetime supply of Nintendo the next day. But no, it's Joker, no. and that's fine. Uh, I did. I'm not super familiar with Persona Five characters, so I did just see on Twitter that they announced. Uh, the, just the words Joker announced for uh, Smash Bros. And I'm thinking Batman. <laughs> oh, I saw your tweet about so I was, this. <laughs> I was very worried for like a solid five minutes while I was scrolling through my feed going, what the fuck is this? Um, he just comes yeah, in and no. gasses Mario. So he has that Joker smile on his face. I mean, he was in the Mortal Kombat game. So like it wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me. It's, um, not, it's not too out of left field. Yeah, like it. I mean, it's pretty far yeah, out. Yeah, it would be pretty. I don't out, know. But Waluigi is the Joker of the Mario universe. Is all I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, wow. But anyway, yeah. No, I'm I'm really stoked to pick that up. Uh, do you know what though? What? This podcast is about Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, is it? I thought it was our new Smash Brothers fan cast where we talk about <laughs> Super Smash Brothers and how great Samus is. Welcome to you activated my Smash cast. welcome to i want to smash cast i'm sure there's at least a dozen already with that name i yeah i'm gonna look them up right now actually your move it's time to podcast hello everyone welcome to you activated my podcast the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh recap podcast i'm tyler i'm jimmy and this week, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 32, Keith's Machinations, Part 2. 
Jimmy, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different this week uh, that is news to you, but will be old news to our listeners because you listen to it before them and they'll know about it by the time the, the thing happens. Uh, I am going to change the day that our episodes come out on. No. Uh, because of our recording schedule and kind of what works best for us in the eight hour time difference, uh, we are moving to Wednesdays. Okay. Instead of Mondays, just because that gives me an extra day to actually do a good edit. Uh, for eagle-eyed listeners that listened last week, I spent uh, a bit more time actually editing the podcast and like fixing some of our timing and removing some coughs and like you know actually editing. Uh, and it felt really good, rewarding to me. But I need more time to do it. So uh, we've been doing Mondays, uh, but Wednesdays from here on out will let us do like a more consistent release. I think you know those those. Uh, weeks where we've missed a week, I think, can be relieved if we aim for Wednesdays instead. Uh, and then, you know, if we are lucky enough to be able to record on the weekend or before, that just gives me more time to edit, which is fun. So, yeah. Sure, anyway, that works. That's my brief bit of news for for you. Uh, it's something I've been thinking about uh, for our last couple of episodes. But anyway. Uh, yeah, if you want to have more fun doing this podcast that we do for fun, by all means. Yeah, exactly. That was kind of the thing. It was like, oh man, wouldn't it be nice to like enjoy making a podcast with my friend? Like, <laughs> oh, that'd be, man, what a concept. Golly, um, wouldn't that be swell? So anyway, so yeah, so we're going to move to Wednesdays um, because like, even as we record this right now, it's 8.30 PM my time. Uh, I, you know, Lauren and I wake up at like seven in the morning. Uh, if not earlier, we try to aim for earlier, but you know, we like hitting this news button. Um, I like hitting the snooze button for being realistic. Uh, so, you know, I don't want to spend four hours or whatever <laughs> recording and then editing, uh, mm -hmm. just to get it out Monday Pacific time. So I'm just gonna, yeah. Anyway, that's me talking too much about the editing process. Uh, well, there's no snooze button when Pepper wants to get up and go for a walk. No, there's not. And he's, do he's done this thing. Okay. So he's always done this. Uh, but he's, it's, it's evolved slightly recently. He, when he goes to sleep, he'll typically tuck himself under the covers and he'll sleep in the bed with us because he's a dachshund and he likes to kind of get like squished a little bit. Uh, and then when he wakes up, he'll sort of army crawl his way back up the covers <laughs> and then just like be in your face when he wants to wake up. So I'm familiar done, with this. What he's done now is, is he'll army crawl all the way out under the covers turn around and then go back to the foot of the bed uh, over the covers, which is fine. But what he's done the last few days is, is he army crawls all the way up, gets out of the covers, turns around and then just stops there, usually on top of me. So I wake up with a dog on my chest and his ass in my face. <laughs> and that's how I know that it's time to get up. <laughs> of course, you then you wake up and he sees that you're awake, and he just hits you in the face with his tail. Yeah, exactly, because it starts wagging. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining, obviously. Like, you know, he's still great, but, yeah, there's just no snooze button on that one. <laughs> so, anyway, um, yeah, so uh, this is uh, a show about Yu-Gi-Oh! However, uh, every episode we like to recommend something that you can do with your 20 minutes rather than watch an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! because we value your time. Uh, Jimmy, what's your recommendation this week? Well, as cheesy as it may sound, I'm going to recommend you go out and play Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. God damn it. 
No, it doesn't sound cheesy at all. Um, do you think I haven't looked yet? Do you think they have these at like the Target demo kiosks yet? Oh, I haven't been in a Target recently, so I don't know. But I would say probably it's Nintendo's like big flagship series. So yeah, I would say most likely. I remember them putting it in like stores previously. So maybe at the very worst, I mean, you can go on YouTube now and and watch people play it. Yeah, just go on Twitch and see like 2,000 people streaming it at once. Yeah. Oh, I wonder, I always forget if Sonic Fox plays Smash Bros or not. Did you see Sonic Fox win the like eSports Player of the Year thing? Yes. That was really interesting. Uh, That's not my recommendation, but for those of you who don't know who Sonic Fox is, go look up Sonic Fox eSports Gamer of the Year. Uh, It's phenomenal. What's your recommendation for this week? Uh, my recommendation is a little bit self-indulgent. Uh, today, uh, I sat down and, and wrote a thing. Uh, every now and then I get this, like, like an equivalent of an earworm, I guess. Like, it's something that's stuck in my head, and I, I, it's just going to be stuck there until I, like, write it down or do something to get it out. And, like, for most people, it's a song, you know? Um, for me, most often, it's... Uh, either a podcast idea like this one uh or a invariably really bad tabletop role-playing game uh so <laughs> yesterday i uh i went out and i bought uh, a new uh notepad and pen because i want to start like writing down more uh physical you know notes and i was like man what's the first thing i'm gonna write and i had this sort of horrible word jumble in my head appear and the words were Dwayne the Flock Johnson. <laughs> and I was like, what is what is that? What does that mean? Dwayne the Flock Johnson. And then it's I just thought a bunch of birds in a man suit. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I thought Dwayne the Smock Johnson. And then Dwayne the famous artist. Yeah. And then Dwayne the Spock Johnson. <laughs> Uh, and so essentially this pattern continued until I'd built a tabletop role-playing game, uh, for two to seven people called, I want to be the rock. Uh, and if you go to my website, which is welcome to flavor.town, uh, you can download, I want to be the rock, uh, as a free PDF. And it's a, uh, very quick to set up, uh, very, you know, rules light uh role-playing game where you play as alternate universe versions of Dwayne the Rock Johnson trying to save the world because the rock isn't available. <laughs> um yeah. That's great. I'm gonna go look that up right now. I don't know if it's any good. I had a lot of fun writing it. It's just very silly. Uh each uh Dwayne Johnson has their own power uh and as you play, you build rock points, and when you get 10 rock points, you become the rock, so all of your attributes are maxed out up until somebody else becomes the rock, because there can only be one rock at a time. Um, there's a whole sheet for uh, DM uh, or Dwayne Master resources. <laughs> um, Fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, so it was, uh, it was good. <laughs> it, was, it was a good time for me. Um, whether or not that will be a good time for you, uh, remains to be seen. But if you play it with your friends, let me know, please. All right. So yeah, that's my recommendation. Um, we had a very long 
pre-intro conversation about smath about about words um about smash brothers those smashing brothers we all know and love do you feel the need to talk any more smash before we discuss the episode or are we good (laughs) no it's good but i want to show you this trophy that i got oh my god oh you got like the amiibo it's like a it's like a gold uh mario trophy yeah the the host of the christmas party i went to just got some spare parts and a mario amiibo on sale and made this like cute little trophy for whoever won the smash tournament and i got it and now i'm going to keep it on my desk forever are you going to pull a griffin mcelroy and put it in your mouth no, because it's spray paint. I almost I saw did you th- it. I saw you thought about it. Think about it. Just then. Uh, and it has that very spray paint, like, sticky texture to it. And I know uh, that's not something I want to put in my mouth. That's fair. That's fair. I'll put that right back up there. <laughs> yeah, remove the temptation. Um, I also saw, just because I, I just pulled up our notes for this episode, I saw in your pre-show notes you listed something... That I that I think maybe we should talk about before we get to the episode. I know we've been recording for a bit now, but I think this deserves merit. Yes. Okay, um, it's Monday morning, uh, 12.45 p.m. my time. So uh-huh. not really in morning anymore. But uh, this morning, they just released the poster for the Sonic the Hedgehog live action slash CGI movie. Boy, and it's horrible. It's grotesque. Sonic the Hedgehog has like the the body of like a regular like skinny human and then just like a giant sonic head on top mm, it looks like a person not, it, skinny's not the word i would use he's he's got he's for got someone of that size it's pronounced in muscles yeah he does in he's weird wiry ways. yeah but he it just looks like we all we see right now is the uh the uh, like the outline of their Sonic the Hedgehog, but he looks like a person in like a furry, like bodysuit, and then like a giant like Sonic mascot head on top. But if that yeah. the, the like if the bodysuit was tight enough to show like a professional runner's like big, thick human thighs. <laughs> Yeah, I, I made this joke on Twitter. Uh, I, I, I wonder who they got to do the mocap for Sonic. Do you think they used mocap or is it all CG? I, I, can't, I can't decide. I think largely because as much as I don't want to picture somebody in a mocap suit. For Sonic. Doing the Sonic moves. I also really want to see that behind the scenes footage. Like in a big way. So... I don't know. I don't know. It makes me feel the poster. I mean, it makes me feel unsafe. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me feel that is an understandable reaction. It makes me shook. I am shook. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're joking here, but it is a very uncanny Valley looking Sonic the Hedgehog. And we haven't even seen the face yet, right? We haven't even backlit. seen what he actually looks like, just his outline. So so the fact that I'm this upset now just makes me worried about the future. Because think about Sonic's face for me real quick. 
Are you picturing it? Yes. Okay, what's up with the eyes? Like Pictures, the animated picture, Sonics? Yeah, like picture, regular Sonics eyes. Picture anime Sonic eyes. This Sonics eyes. What's what's different about Sonic's eyes that may not translate into a live action CGI film? Just Google Sonic the Hedgehog for me real quick. Uh, are you talking about how they're all just one giant eyeball connected? Yes. Yes, I am. Sonic the Hedgehog has one eye with two pupils. <laughs> it, like he very clearly has two eyes, but then like they meet in the middle for just like a tiny little row. It's like a unibrow, but for the eyebrow, for the eyeball. <laughs> it's so weird. Are they going to keep that? I don't know. I don't think so. And is it uh, better in the if outline? They don't? You can kind of see tell. like one. I'm looking at the 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 poster now, and there's what looks like an eyeball that looks like a regular eyeball sticking out the out of his face there, but it's like tiny. Does it's that not, make? Does that make it better or worse, Jimmy? I can't tell. I don't know. It's going, then, to, it's going to be a surprise when they spring it on us. So I think I think what I want to do, I'm going to withhold judgment on this, uh, on, on the movie. It's going to come out eventually, right? Like, they're going to release it eventually. We're in, That's more of a threat than a promise, but yes. I mean, yeah, Like, but the, the wheel of time slowly turns to a point where the Sonic the Hedgehog live-action CGI movie will have been released. Yeah. I, I think once that point arrives, I'll withhold judgment until the Sonic fans... And maybe we should have like Garrett as a guest or something. Uh, <laughs> Special Sonic guest. Yeah, a friend of the show Garrett uh, does a, a, a Sonic. Uh, he, it's a U, uh, YouTube channel, right? Yeah. Um, I can't remember if it was just that or if he did a podcast too. But uh, yeah, I want to get his opinion for sure. So far, I think he and I agree that it's grotesque and should be killed with fire. Well, um, he wrote. Uh, that fan fiction that we had to read and listen to. Uh, that's that's true. So that's true. he's getting his just desserts for that by having to see this poster today, I feel. Oh, this is cosmic revenge for his fan fiction. Yeah. This is the Lord's work, <laughs> is what you're saying. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. <laughs> Thank you, God, for these Sonic the Hedgehog sweet, sweet thighs. <laughs> Um, I never want to hear that that sentence again. Let's talk about Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, deal. It's Finally. time. What? Finally. <laughs> it's been like 26 minutes. Oh, it's been so <laughs> Just long. Just now talking about It's been so long. Let's Yu-Gi-Oh. talk about Yu-Gi-Oh. It's time to discuss the episode. This week, Jimmy, we're talking about season one, episode 32, Keith's Machinations, part two. Uh, walk me through the intro to this episode. Okay, so it starts off where the last one left off. As most second parters do. As most two parters do. Uh, they're 50 life points apart. Um, Keith has been using his, uh, machine monsters that are immune to magic to attack Joey. And, uh, Joey has been laying out some traps, so they just get destroyed. And so it's finally like almost an even match. Um, and so we begin with Pegasus sitting up in, on his throne, 
uh, watching these guys kind of glower at each other from across the, the arena. And he's like, hmm, I wonder what's, what they're fighting for. And he, like, uses his millennium eye to, like, peer into their minds. Y- yeah, he does. It's it's so interesting because you you kind of get this from the characters themselves leading up to this point. Like, even at the beginning of this episode, Tristan yells to Joey, like, hey, you're fighting for your sister and don't let her down yeah. and all these things. But then Pegasus finally goes, oh, yes, oh, mm, Joey boy, I, I wonder what's at the, the heart of a duelist and what uh, propels them forward in glorious combat. And, uh... Like, he didn't need to do this. I mean, they've been talking about their feelings, like, why they're dueling for, like, ten episodes. Yeah, that's been kind of their their exterior dialogue up until this point, right? Like, they can't shut up about why they're fighting. (laughs) (laughs) About uh, Joey's sister and, like, the power of friendship and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, uh, Yugi's uh, Yugi's grandpa. Let's not forget about him. (laughs) Yugi's grandpa. Uh, But anyway, yeah, so then he uses his Millennium Eye to look into the minds of the duelists to see... Uh, what their motivations are for dueling. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we see he first looks at Bandit Keith and we see this like montage of uh, Pegasus like crowning the champion of the international tournament to, and giving it to that little kid, mm-hmm. like raising his hand in the air. And like next to him on the floor, Bandit Keith has just like collapsed and is like down on all fours, like pounding the ground in defeat. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to later, he's like walking in an alley. And there's a shot, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but he's walking in an alleyway away from this garbage can that looks exactly like uh, this famous Spider Man uh, cover where he abandons his suit in an alleyway and is walking away from it. And oh. This yeah, om- it's the exact same, but in reverse. It's just like flipped horizontally and Ben to Keith walking away. Yeah. And we see him go into a bar and then he just like passes out drunk. And he had like his deck in his hands the whole time and he passes out and his deck falls out of his hands and like scatters on the floor under I, his bar stool. I put that part in my notes because how fucking buck wild is it? That this grown ass man walks into a bar, goes up to the bar, slams down a a, lo- a substantial deck of cards, and orders enough drinks to pass out. <laughs> That's pretty dark for Yu Gi Oh. Like, pour me another one, Sam. I gotta, I gotta reshuffle. <laughs> I lost my duel. I uh, I gotta see if the the mana balance for this deck is good, Sam. Pour me another whiskey. <laughs> But yeah, he yeah. so he yeah so he passes out of the bar, uh, and he like drops a bunch of cards, and it's this very like slow motion. It's almost romantic the way it's shot. Weirdly, yeah. There's a like a vignette around the edges. Yeah, and it's it's got like I I watched it a couple of hours ago, so you have to forgive me. But it's it's got like some serious music playing, some like somber sort of mellow music playing. Um, and then he, uh, Pegasus, looks into Joey's mind, right? Yeah. That's about all we get from, from Bandit Keith. Yeah. And it's implied that the entire, well, it's not really implied, it's 
like Pegasus talks about it, like in his inner monologue, that Bandit Keith is essentially just fighting for vengeance for mm-hmm. having been beat uh, in the international tournament. Yeah, humiliated basically by Pegasus. Yeah, uh, that was the episode for for folks who have not watched along because I can't blame you. Uh, that was the episode. Oh, I'm going to forget what episode, but there was a flashback to an international tournament where Kaiba first met Pegasus, or maybe not first met, but had a meeting with Pegasus anyway. And Pegasus, instead of facing off against Bandit Keith, wrote something down on like a post-it note, handed it to this random like six-year-old kid in the audience uh, and said, here, okay, just follow that and you'll you'll beat Bandit Keith. And then this just like random child became the champion uh, because he won. Yeah. So easy a child can beat Bandit Keith. Yeah. Right. Which admittedly is an extremely dick move, but yeah. also hilarious. <laughs> also hilarious. And, and, and uh, you know, from what we see in this episode, I, I feel like it's still not like outside the bounds of possibility that a child could beat Bandit Keith. Yeah. Um, uh, but then he looks into Joey's head, right? Yes. And what's in Joey's head, it's none other than your favorite shot of the whole series yeah the the friendship symbol yep there it is right up front loud and proud the friendship symbol do you think do you think anyone and i hesitate to ask this because i know the world being what it is the answer is going to be yes do you think that there is a group of four friends out there that have a tattoo of the friendship symbol (laughs) i hadn't thought about it until just now but do you think that exists should I Google that real quick, just in case? Oh, yeah. Just in case. I'm kind of scared to see what I find here. I really... some. Oh, yeah. It, auto, it auto-filled even. Google knew. Google knew what I was about. Oh, God. Okay, okay. So, friendship symbol tattoo comes up with a bunch of just generic shit. Let me fill in Yu-Gi-Oh here. Um, yep, there it is. Yep, mm-hmm. It's someone actually got. Oh no! This is permanent marker. Oh, thank God! Thank God! Okay. okay. Um. Okay, I'm not seeing any. The back of your hand would be a fucked up place to get a tattoo too. Like, there's a lot of that veins there. Yeah. You have a lot of tendons and important shit in your. Yeah, hand. you gotta be real good friends with those people if you're gonna do that. Okay, I'm not seeing anything. Thank God. Uh, listeners, if you or a loved one suffer from a Yu-Gi-Oh friendship tattoo, uh, please let me know. Um, I would really love to hear why, why you did that. Why that's a thing that you did. Um, I wish that this was, I wish that the friendship symbol was not a part of the show. Is that wrong of me to say? It's very cheesy. It's very cheesy. It's just ridiculous. And they could have gotten just as much mileage out of Taya saying, hey, if shit goes south, we're still friends and we have each other's backs. And then we have a flashback to just her saying that, right? Instead yeah. of a flashback to this fucking top ramen smiley face. I was just thinking that it looked like the, uh, the Maru-chan logo. Yes, thank you, Maru-chan. Yes, that's exactly what it looks like. Or like the, uh, it looks like the smiling man or the laughing man from, uh, laughing man. Uh, from uh, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. It's that symbol. Anyway. This friggin' emoji hand tattoo. So that's the first thing that Pegasus sees in Joey's head. He also sees all the stuff that Joey can't shut up about. He sees his sister. He sees his friends. Um, he sees 
uh, like Joey laughing along with Yugi and Taya and, and, and Tristan and uh, all that good stuff. Yeah. All, all that good stuff. And Pegasus goes like, Oh, okay, cool. He's like fighting for, for love and family and friendship and everything. Um, and goes on this kind of like monologue of the reasons why people duel. And we spend a few minutes on it, which felt yeah. weird in the middle of this two-parter for just Pegasus to be like, examining the meaning behind our actions as like a, a race <laughs> as a as a as a human species as humanity like, yeah uh but i do like so pegasus essentially says it's like a battle between good and evil and he says that joey is the good guy and that bandit keith is the bad guy seeking revenge and Joey, imme- like without even hearing any of this, immediately starts having that same conversation with Bandit Keith, going like, you know, I'm going to win because my reasons for dueling, my intentions for dueling are good. And he says, only people with good intentions win, like me. Yeah, he basically tells Bandit Keith that even if he loses to Bandit Keith, Bandit Keith is like predestined to lose anyway because... He's a bad person. Right. <laughs> He's already a loser. He's a loser at heart. Also, we lost to a kid, so also, we don't lost at to a kid, me. So... <laughs> uh, I would like to kindly remind Joey where uh, the road paved with good intentions leads, but that's for another episode. The Shadow Realm. The Shadow Realm. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. to starting the actual duel. Yes. Um, Bandit Keith just straight up has this card called Cannon Dragon, I think it's called. Oh, thank you. Oh, fucking Christ. I, they said it so many times, and it never stuck in my brain. It's like meeting somebody at a party where they introduce themselves, and you're like, yay. Hi, nice you. to meet you. I'm Cannon Dragon. Cannon Dragon. Could not remember the name of that card. Anyway, continue. But it's basically uh, exactly what it says on the tin. It's a dragon that has three giant cannons coming out of it, and, like, one cannon, like, is emerging from its face. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't have any eyes or nose. It just has a little mouth and then, like, a giant cannon barrel coming out. Yeah, it's but, it's it's a Zord. It's, yeah. a, it's a Power Ranger Zord, basically. <laughs> but the ridiculously OP thing about this freaking card is that it has three attacks at once, and it attacks the same turn you bring it out. Yeah, So which, you bring out what? this freaking thing, and it has... Three separate like attack moves. I okay. I have uh, keep keep explaining this. I'm gonna look this card up because I cannot believe that this works the same in real life. It just it boggles the mind. Yeah, pull this thing up because it just if you have this card, you can basically just completely annihilate someone's creatures because. Especially because this is before they figured out tribute summoning. So you could just play this card. You don't have to sacrifice anything. Yeah. He didn't he just had it in his hand and he played it. Uh is it cannon dragon or is it barrel dragon? Oh, it might be barrel dragon. Barrel dragon looks like the card that I'm looking at. Uh Barrel Dragon has no special rules about playing immediately. And it says once per turn you can target one monster your opponent controls. 
toss a coin three times and destroy it if at least two of the results are heads. Uh, Boy, that's not how it works in the show. That's not how it works at all. But that looks right. There is an XYZ dragon cannon, but that would be from later seasons. Um, Doing some searches. Yeah, this dragon is basically like, what if your face was a gun and both your arms were, were also guns? Right. And when it uh, attacks, it basically has, it sounds like like a child's like pew pew like laser gun toy and then they just recorded it directly from the toy for the sound effect uh-huh uh yeah it, it everything about it really reads to me like the zord like the commercials for power rangers toys yeah uh which you know i, I feel was maybe a little bit of the inspiration here but yeah, I'm not finding anything about it. We'll have to look up the uh, the episode synopsis later on and see if that's actually the right card. But that's this card, whatever it is, is OP. In the, because, in the show, it is OP bullshit. Yeah, because as soon as it comes out, it attacks and it uh, it knocks out. Uh, what did Joey have on the field? It was like the he just the, had some. It was like an old man in a defense position. It looked yeah. like some Viking guy. Yeah, it so doesn't it, matter. It died. It, it dies anyway. So he knocks out all the monsters on uh, Joey's side of the field, and Joey has to start over, essentially. Yeah, but I do want to briefly mention: as mm-hmm. soon as um, Keith pulls that card out, there's a shot that zooms into Zo- into uh, Yugi, and he just kind of growls at it. Oh, I didn't catch that. It's really weird. He comes Ugh. out and he's like. Arr! Oh, weird. Like a feral sort of <laughs> Yeah, like a reaction. snarl. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah, all right, Yugi. Yeah, settle. Um, but anyway, so uh, they're still 50 life points apart. Uh, Joey's life points aren't affected by that attack. Is that right? Because the monster is in defense position? No way. Um, I, don't, I don't think so anyway. Because Bandit Keith says, like, next turn, you lose, basically, because I have this all-powerful monster, and you can, can't do anything about it. And uh, Joey plays, uh, oh, our, yeah. Our best friend, uh, Time Wizard. <laughs> uh, if a duel with Joey Wheeler happens and he does not play Time Wizard, did the duel actually happen? No. No. Uh, so, yeah, Joey it's plays. It's his MO. It is. It is. It's it, Time Wizard, I feel like, is is to Joey as Dark Magician is to Yugi, right? That's fair, yeah. It's just like, it's it's so it's so iconic to his deck now that I would feel weird if anyone else played it, even though I know that it's a card in regular circulation. Yeah, it's his signature move. Right. He plays Time Wizard and Baby Dragon. Right, yeah, so that's what he plays here. Uh, everyone's, everyone's favorite combination uh and he starts taunting bandit keith being like now you gotta worry about your your machine dragon rusting and you gotta worry about my dragon uh getting bigger right yeah and so he does the time wizard thing he spins the wheel um Mm -hmm. it works it doesn't fail on him and so baby dragon uh becomes thousand dragon (laughs) 
which is still yeah, funny to House me. House Dragon is, is the worst name. But and Taya, the, Taya has this great line in here where she's like, look, baby dragon is evolving. <laughs> and uh, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon lately, so that, that was a real that was a little, little treat for me. But the, the, the passing of eons as baby dragon uh, grows also rusts the, um, what was it, the barrel dragon? Uh, yeah, here, let me, I'll, I'll look up barrel the dragon. episode synopsis here. Uh, we'll say barrel dragon. I just kept calling it a Zord in my notes because I could not physically keep the name of this thing in my head. Bandit Keith's bullshit machine. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's, um, it just rusts to the point of being unusable basically. Yep. yep. And so his, um, he is completely useless now. And so the turn goes to Bandit Keith. Uh, oh, and it, it is Barrel Dragon. Confirmed Barrel Dragon. Okay, Barrel Dragon. But uh, on Keith's turn, he says that, you know, two can play at this game. I forget exactly what he says, but he plays the card Time Machine. He does. He, 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 brings, out and he brings out and he says, he calls it a time-traveling time machine, which is what I feel is redundant. Yeah, I feel like that's maybe like it wouldn't surprise me if that were just like on the text of the card at this point, right? Yeah. If if it if the if the title of the card was time machine and then the description was time traveling time machine that travels through time. Yeah. So Keith's time machine comes out and it looks like almost like a big boiler or something. Yeah, like like a like a old fridge maybe. Yeah, it looks like a 50s movie version of what a time machine would look like. You know what it is? It's the it's the spare freezer that your grandparents have in their basement where they keep cold cuts. That's yeah. It looks like a really old <laughs> thick fridge. Yeah. Like freezer. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so Time Machine, I almost said Time Wizard, uh has the ability to bring back a monster from a certain point in time. So it's not just like think, Monster Reborn. It's I think it specifically reverts everything on the battlefield to how it was one turn previously. But just just for one monster. Yeah. So it's it's maybe more powerful in a way than like Monster Reborn or any of the ones that bring a monster back from the graveyard because if the monster has been modified at all, it keeps those modifications. Um, so in this case, because... Uh, barrel dragon was not rusted one turn ago it comes back not rusted yeah it travels through time and uh does wibbly wobbly stuff and it comes back and the it uses its three attacks on the elder dragon and it dies uh yeah joey acts like kind of surprised at this i don't think he should be too surprised honestly like thousand dragon is cool but not that cool right yeah Meh. uh eh. uh so he then summons a uh, red eyes black dragon right uh joey does uh, i believe so uh and then uh can't do anything with it because red eyes can't attack the turn it's summoned so then it's back to keith's turn and keith has the barrel dragon attack uh red eyes which triggers a trap uh, that Joey set down. 
I think he says like "go trap card" or something like that. He he does. Is that later on? That might be later on. That's late. So there, so there are two points in this where I, I feel like the other point of this episode is that Joey is proving that he knows how trap cards work because yeah, he he's uses being them pretty good every at turn. trap cards. Uh, so this good turn, for you, Joey. Yeah, good job, Joey. So this turn, the the trap is the copycat card, uh, which Keith seems like genuinely surprised by for some reason, even though he definitely watched Joey put down a trap card and like should have fucking guessed. Uh, but the copycat card allows Joey to copy a card that Keith played, and he copies the magic metal force card, which makes Red Eyes Black Dragon red eyes black metal dragon chung, 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 uh, and uh, makes uh, the red eyes strong enough to withstand the proton blast being lobbed at it by barrel dragon yeah it it's a metal dragon now right did you like my did did you get the did you get it the red black black metal red eyes black yes me- metal black metal chung, chung, chung. yes i got it Okay, good. Just checking. <laughs> um, so uh, he uh, withstands the proton blast and uh, destroys Barrel Dragon, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because Barrel Dragon goes away, and I is it clear enough that I don't care about about Barrel Dragon? <laughs> Have it, I made... it goes away. Yeah, I I don't I don't know what it is about Barrel Dragon, but like there are certain monsters in Yu Gi Oh where you see them and you're like. Yeah, that's a thing I can forget about. I don't care about this monster. That's it. That's <laughs> inconsequential. <laughs> um, Barrel Dragon well, essentially is. was a stopgap. Barrel Dragon was a filler monster, right? Nothing interesting yeah. happened while Barrel Dragon was on the field. It just um, has three attacks, and then it was just another obstacle to overcome. Yeah. But then he brings out a slot machine. Yeah, yeah, he literally brings us to Vegas. Just in case anyone needed a, a, a reminder that he is the American duelist uh, fighting against. Have has anyone said explicitly whether or not Joey's American? Uh, I don't. No one's ever mentioned it before. No one's. I mean, he has up. an extremely thick and ridiculous Brooklyn accent, but other yeah, than that. no. So maybe he's not. I don't know. Maybe he. <laughs> wouldn't that would that be weird if he's like from the same town as everyone else but he is just that kid that puts on an accent like to be cool i could that that would be a hundred percent a character for joey i think because his sister doesn't have an accent no she doesn't she so, doesn't have a brooklyn accent that is weird so god oh, okay maybe i don't like joe anymore oh no <laughs> all right well okay joey can do it i think wants. this warrants further discussion some other time some other time uh but anyway yeah so keith summons the slot machine yeah and this isn't just like a slot machine sitting there it's like a robot slot machine mm-hmm. and it the has armed bandit uh yeah it has one like a giant like laser gun in the place of an arm mm-hmm. and then on the other side it has a tiny little dinky robot arm that comes up and grabs its own lever. Which I feel weird about. I feel weird that it has a little dinky arm grabbing its, <laughs> grabbing its lever. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, I don't know about you. Like, I don't 
think that we should have uh, portrayals of robots yanking their levers hmm. on children's television. That's just me. I don't know. I'm old fashioned. I don't know. Come on, four kids. You let this slide. <laughs> uh, robots lanking, yanking their levers on life TV for kids. <laughs> oh, our Saturday mornings were so corrupt. Um, so, yeah. So the slot machine monster is just a giant slot machine with a laser on it. And nobody can figure it out at first. There's a few shots of like Yugi and Bakura trying to figure out like what its deal is. Um, and, uh, Joey just uses red eyes to attack it. Uh, at which point he says for the first time this episode, one of three times, my favorite line of this episode. Are you ready? Yes. Flash, flare, blast. Yeah. It's, I think that's the, like his dragon is like the name of his attack. Mm-hmm. But oh, it it's is. Just, yeah. I can't tell if it's like three separate things or flash flare blast is like one sentence. Well, okay. Those words in that order do not a sentence make. Well, not Uh, a sentence, but like a description (laughs) of the attack. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I I got you. I I think it is supposed to be one thing, but the way he says it and the fact that they use just the same audio three times this episode. uh, Yeah. It's it's like a chant. Yeah. Uh, Give me a flash. Give me a flare. Give me a flare. <laughs> Give me a blast. What's uh, that spell? Death. Flash, flare, blast. Oh, <laughs> you went the very, uh, the pure way with it. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I anyway, it, 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 it attacks and the slot machines monsters middle number changes. Yeah. Because Bandit Keith plays a card in response, and I couldn't tell if it was like a trap card or maybe an instant, uh, which isn't a thing in Yu-Gi-Oh, so I don't know what it would no. be. But something gets played where it changes the middle number of the slot machine to a seven, which increases its defense score high enough to where it can withstand the red eyes attack. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the name of this card is. Oh, it was um something sevens yeah there and there we'll see later there are three of these cards that he uses uh but it's something about sevens um i've got have the it in the uh, summary here yeah the so it's it's a face down card uh and according to the summary it's called seven completed oh yeah that's right it had a weird name seven completed uh so yeah so all of the all of the cards having to do with the slot machine are seven something um, so seven completed uh, switches the middle number to seven and increases the defense of the card by 700 points. So it's then more powerful than the uh, the Red-Eyes Black Dragon attack. So it uh, it lives. Uh, oh, it looks like they're all called seven completed, actually. So seven completed yeah. just allows you to change a number on the, the slot machine, and each number has a different effect. Um, yeah. I felt a little cheated, I guess. The fact that we just had the Time Wizard maybe affected this. The Time Wizard is like a chance uh, monster, right? It's a chance-involved monster. There's a risk involved. Having a literal slot machine that you can just rig to be whatever number you want either feels very inappropriate for the setting or maybe too... Like, 
maybe they're making a point about Vegas being rigged. Yeah, I don't that know. They don't even know that they're making. It feels like this should be something where there's like a random chance to it, right? Yeah, you'd think a slot machine based card would have some kind of random like effect to it and some things would be good and some things would be bad but it it's just normal and then you can boost it so i don't know why they even bothered making it a slot machine i guess yeah it could just be like generic robot number five and oh here play the generic power-up card and there you go like it being a slot machine has no bearing on the effect of the card whatsoever uh so yeah so he plays that uh to a seven increases the defense and then <laughs> and then he does uh the thing we're we're back jimmy we're back in Yu-Gi-Oh land he does the thing proving that this is a real dual monsters duel and he cheats his fucking ass off yes he pulls a card from his sleeve he's monologuing to joey mm-hmm. there is a slot uh, a shot, uh, just an extreme close-up of his hand, and he pulls a card from his sleeve. And immediately, from across the room, Pegasus is just like, hmm? Oh, yeah, right and away he, he sees it. Yeah, his, it's like he notices it instantly, and it's like the look on his face, like his eye just immediately swivels to what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like opening up... Uh, a thing of cat food and like cats from just wherever they are just like what i heard that you know oh, absolutely but he doesn't say anything no he just like mm-hmm. at which point like the okay no we're, we're gonna come back to this later this yeah remind this me important. remind me to talk about pegasus's fucking silence later on because i have some thoughts um so pegasus doesn't say anything but keith plays the card that he pulls from his sleeve and it's another seven completed yeah, uh, and this time it changes the slot machine, the first number to a seven, mm-hmm. uh, which increases its attack power. Right. And there's a little like dialogue between Bakura and Yugi that kind of implies when all the numbers are seven, it's going to be basically an unstoppable monster. Yeah, it's just getting more and more powerful. And once you get all sevens, um, it just becomes just ridiculously overpowered. It's not like an instant win, but... Um, from the dialogue they have, it's just stating that this thing is going to be super dangerous and will stomp the floor with, uh, Joey. All sevens is the good one, right? Like that's the yeah. jackpot in the, that's the one I've you want to never get. done slots in my life. The only, gam- the only gambling I've done was right. Like the day I turned 18, I went and I bought a scratcher at a gas station, uh, and I, and I lost. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's it. That, yeah. That's all for me. Um, but okay. So yeah, so all sevens is bad news, uh, bad news bears for, for Joey. Um, Keith then plays, and I don't remember, oh, let me go back to the thing. I don't remember the name of this card because all I wrote down was Keith throws a sticky grenade. Cause yeah, it just looks just, like a sticky grenade. It's just a bomb that he checks out on the field and blast it's going to sphere blast sphere. It's a bomb. Say blast sphere ten times fast. Blast sphere. <laughs> blast sphere. Blast sphere. Blast twice. Charizard. Uh, Charizard. Uh, so he plays blast sphere, the sticky grenade, uh, and it sticks to Red Eyes Black Dragon, and he says that at the end of his turn it will detonate, killing whatever it's attached to. Yeah. 
but instead Joey uh, plays uh, the card Dragon Nails, which takes your dragon to the salon for a nice manicure, and afterwards they go out for Jamba Juice. Oh, how nice! <laughs> and so Red Eyes Dragon gains power from Dragon Nails, mm-hmm. as, and, as one does from a manicure. Yes, and from Jamba Juice, and uh, I guess the bomb just explodes and it causes Heath's life points to go down. I don't remember exactly how that went down. I think what it is is because Blast Sphere is technically a creature, having uh, the Red Eyes' attack points go above Blast Sphere's attack points treats it just like any other like monster-on-monster combat. So it's as if uh, Red Eyes is just defending such that Blast Sphere dies and then deals damage, the residual damage from Red Eyes back onto Bandit Keith. Hmm. The okay. animation looks really weird because it it like explodes and we just see smoke for a second and we think, oh no, there goes Red Eyes. Uh, but then the smoke clears and Red Eyes is still standing there like unmoving. He just has like the new claws on him now. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Bandit Keith has this great line after he sees this where he's like, you dweeb, now my life points go down. <laughs> <laughs> Bandit Keith, I think, forgot that he was in a duel there for a second, and that's just like how this shit goes sometimes. Yeah. He uses uh, the we- the word dweeb a lot this episode, which is just like the most like generic uh, kids TV insult imaginable. You dweeb. Yeah, it makes me wonder like... Uh, how what is that translated from you know like yeah is is there a more explicit version of this script somewhere does does bandit keith actually mean to say like like motherfucker right (laughs) you dipshit you dipshit you dumbass (laughs) yeah i wonder what it uh was in the original japanese i mean probably not dipshit or dumbass but like (laughs) i don't know uh yeah so he he responds poorly to that uh and then what's the next card that's played here uh red eyes gains power uh oh yeah so then uh, this is the second time he cheats isn't it right yes so uh bandit heath not to be outdone pulls another card from his other sleeve uh and it's another seven complete card and he then changes the final number of the slot machine to seven. I think it's weird that he has so many cards in his deck that's just the one creature, then all these other cards are just like boost that one creature. Yeah, that is kind of weird. It makes me it's wonder an extremely like, specific circumstances that you would be able to use any of these. Yeah. It makes me wonder does he have other cards hidden in other parts of his clothing? That boost his other creatures? Yeah, yeah. Like, say, maybe he he played, like, the... trying to think. Like, instead of a slot machine monster, he plays, like, the blackjack dealer monster. And in uh, his his do-rag, you know, is another card. (laughs) His American flag. uh, His bandana. Yeah. uh, he He, like, scratches his head, right, and pulls out another card from under there. Or, like... I don't know, has like an itch on his thigh and pulls a card from a secret pocket. Um, yeah, how many uh, how many secret cards does he have like taped to various parts of his body? I The world needs to know. But we won't find out. <laughs> no, no, we'll, we'll never know for sure. 
Um, but he pulls this other card. He makes uh, the slot machine all sevens, so its attack power goes up even higher. And then he plays the pillager card. And it's it's at this point, right as he's about to play it, that Joey is having this kind of like mental planning session, right? Like he's looking at his cards, trying to figure out how to counteract the uh, the slot machine. Because yeah. the slot machine is now more powerful than Red Eyes. Mm-hmm. So he's looking at his cards and he's like, well, the most useful card I have is the Sword and Shield card, which switches the attack and defense values of all monsters on the field. But... but- that would only help Bandit Keith because the slot machine's defense is higher than its attack. Yeah. And so Keith plays Pillager, which lets him uh, look at all of the cards Joey has in his hand Mm -hmm. and steal one of them. And there's a neat little sequence where Joey lays all his cards out down on the, like, scanner pad thing. And then, like, Bandit Keith's cards on his side disappear. Did you notice this? Oh, to, yeah, I guess they do, huh? I didn't to be really replaced think about it. Yeah. by uh, Joey's card so we can look at them. Mm-hmm. So, like, where did they go? Or did the machine, did the, like, hologram arena, like, um, what's, the, what's the Star Trek thing? I'm totally blanking on the holodeck. Oh, like the holodeck, yeah. Where it's just, like, taking that matter and turning it back into energy and storing it somewhere. Because the cards that he had yeah. just kind of vanish. See, and I... I was thinking because we've seen the this mechanic a little bit once before, where the the table that the cards get placed on, the panels flip over, yeah, and then somehow and they're transported to the other side and flip back over. But yeah, I don't know where the other cards would have gone. Keith says, "I'll take this the shield and sword," and then on Joey's side, we see the little panel flip, mm-hmm. and then uh, that comes out from like a little ticket machine over on oh. Keith's side. It goes. Ding. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, maybe, hmm. Do you think maybe it's a hologram above the card showing a blank space? Maybe. Would it I be don't that, know. It was like, just weird, or maybe it was just lazy animation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a little column A, a little column B. Like, we could read into that and be like, oh, you know, Kaiba Corp is actually just really good at, like, what they do, which is true, but. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so he takes the shield and sword. Uh, swaps being, the attack and defense of the monsters. Right, because he knows that that'll help him out, just like Joey said. And uh, the slot machine attacks with a plasma laser cannon? Is that? <laughs> Which what? isn't a thing, but That's not a thing that on. slot machines have, and that's not a thing that exists in physics. <laughs> but that's never stopped us before, so he attacks... And then as it attacks, this is the part that you pointed out earlier. Yeah. Joey says the words activate trap. <laughs> Which I guess is how you activate traps. They just don't happen autom- automatically. You have to yell it. Then why is this the first time we've ever heard somebody <laughs> say those words? We're 32 episodes into this shit, Jimmy. Why has nobody said the words activate trap yet? For drama, I guess. I guess. Well, then why does he say it now? Because it doesn't play. It doesn't play well. It doesn't sound good coming from his mouth, coming from his human mouth. Activate trap. Uh, yeah, anyway, so then the but trap... But the trap is Grave Robber. Mm-hmm, which and is a legitimately good trap. Yeah, it's just a little guy who comes out and he's... <laughs> and he comes out and he steals uh, a card that Keith has already used. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and the card that he steals is Time Machine. And so... And they're going to do the Time Warp again. Yeah, they do the Time Warp again, uh, and he uses it to bring back uh, Red Eyes from one turn previous. So he's still got the, the magic metal armor, and he's still got the fancy manicure. Yes, uh, still got and... the fancy manicure. So he comes back and, uh, I guess, destroys the slot machine. Yep, yeah, because also his attack and defense have not yet been switched uh, at the point in time from whence they brought him, right? Yeah, and so he, for the final time, he yells f- your favorite line. Flash! flare blast and the flash flare blast uh <laughs> chicken friggin takes out uh keith's life points all the way down to zero flash flare and blast sounds like a game show it does come on down you're the next contestant on flash flare blast let me introduce your host joey wheeler hey it's yeah. me new york joey wheeler today on flash flare blast can you guess is it a flash a flare or blast uh anyway uh yeah so the flash flare blast i'm sorry jimmy i cut you off it does yeah, the thing it does the thing and joey wins hooray he beat bandit keith he beat bandit keith and bandit keith i love his line here bandit keith says he beat me he actually won like he's so fucking indignant about it yeah uh and um you know you want to talk about this part well, it just the the only other thing is Joey has this like celebratory moment, which I really love. And there's a fucking he everyone else is moving normally, but he has his own private like TV freeze frame where he does a double fist pump and like leans back and just smiles into the air. <laughs> like, yeah, he just freezes and like the end of a, a TV episode and then the rest of the episode continues it's it's the end of like a tv movie about hockey right yeah <laughs> where he he's just celebrating privately uh but then yeah so keith uh is in a sore loser Ooh, he and, mad. and uh he says this duel doesn't count and he says this duel doesn't count because the entry card that joey showed to get in wasn't his card so joey should be disqualified and joey says yeah it's not my card. My gave it to me. And he like flashes it to the for the Fucking cameras. Calls his bluff. Yeah, he asks Keith how he knew it wasn't his. At which point, uh Keith stutters and like tries to come back from that because he realizes that he's caught in his own he's he's hoisted by his own petard. Yeah. And uh Pegasus goes well Pegasus interjects. Pe- Pegasus goes, Well, obviously it's because Bandit Keith stole the card from Joey, so Bandit Keith isn't using his own card either, uh, and really neither of them should be here, in all honesty. And uh, and also, he was cheating the whole time. I totally right. called it from like the other side of the room where I'm sitting over here. Right, and who who says it? Is it Tristan? Is like, well, doesn't that mean that Bandit Keith should be disqualified? Or maybe Joey says it. And Pegasus is like, well... Yeah, he should have been disqualified, but I mean, he lost anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he's, he uh, smirks and he says, take them away, far, far away. <laughs> and then um, two of his henchmen like start hauling Bandit Keith off to 
card jail or wherever. Or where I I straight up expected uh, Pegasus to just flash the Millennium Eye at this point and trap Bandit Keith in the Shadow Realm, like just in front of everybody. Um, but I I don't I don't know because at this point everybody knows that there's something up with his Millennium Eye, right? I think except for his henchmen. I guess. I guess. I don't, I don't know. know. So anyway, so yeah, so you're right. They they drag him off. Uh, and Keith says, nobody makes a monkey out of Bandit Keith. Nobody. <laughs> Way to talk to your about yourself in the third person, weirdo. Yeah. Uh. Uh, and, yeah, go ahead. And Pegasus is like, mm, congratulations, Joseph. You continue on to the final round. Uh, Joseph. <laughs> Calling Joseph. Joey Joseph feels really weird. <laughs> it was weird. Uh, but then uh, Bandit Keith breaks free of the guards after yeah. this point and makes a run at Pegasus. This is absolutely incredible because he like pushes the guards to the ground and books it across the, uh, um, just the, the weird walkway that they, they were on that yeah, like sticks out over like, the bottomless like a, pit. Yeah. It's like a flying bridge basically. Yeah. But then he gets to the edge of the arena and fricking leaps 20 feet over this bottomless pit over to where Pegasus is. Yeah, the ball's on this guy. Like, that's a hell of a jump. Yeah, how does he do that? It's like uh, like an Olympics-level uh, long jump over this chasm. Is the reason that Bandit Keith is so into machine cards, is it that he has robot legs? <laughs> maybe maybe he's a cyborg like so okay so i've been thinking about the rock a lot today obviously in the uh the hit film skyscraper the rock has a mechanical leg and that explains how he can make the impossible jump from the crane to the skyscraper because he has a robot leg that does robot leg things takes his glasses off and he's got like one terminator eye it would. It, I would not be surprised dun, at this dun, point. Dun, you dun, could dun. tell me that he's been terminating the whole time, and like, I would not at all be surprised. But anyway, so yeah, so he leaps across and he gets to the 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 balcony where Pegasus has been. Yeah, and then he like he does that thing we've seen before: the four mm-hmm. kids' gun hands, where he just like makes a gun with his hand and points it at uh, Pegasus's head, where very clearly. There's just been a gun there that they painted out yeah, kind of poorly. Yeah, his, because his, his uh, trigger finger is curved even a little bit. So it's just it's like he's pointing at Pegasus, but not with the full extension of the finger. Like he's pointing <laughs> with his knuckle. Yeah, And I don't like, know what else eh. that could be other than he's legitimately holding a gun to Pegasus's face. And then in the in the reverse shot, where you're looking at it from... So Pegasus is closer to the camera. You pointed this out in your notes. They scaled up Pegasus's face. So yeah, it was Pegasus, pretty obvious. So his hair covers where the gun would have been in the shot. Yeah. I mean, there's no foreshortening. Bandit Keith is pretty far away uh, from Pegasus in this shot. And then they mm-hmm. just scaled up Pegasus's head to cover up the gun so they didn't have to paint it over. Which, I mean, A, brilliant. Like, kudos to you, 4 kids sensors. But... Uh, yeah, there's of, definitely a gun in this episode. Speaking of four kid sensors, I noticed when I pulled up the art for Barrel Dragon mm-hmm. earlier in the episode that it Barrel has Dragon, a penis. <laughs> no, <laughs> Barrel Dragon uh, is censored what? because of its enormous penis. 
<laughs> okay, so you know it has um, oh look at the schlong like on this three, guy, uh, like laser guns coming out. Uh huh. Oh my Ron, god, there's a right. shot from the original anime that is clearly just a bunch of like actual guns, like big old six shooter pistols. They're giant six shooters. Oh my god. And then they just painted over these like real poorly photoshopped like pew pew laser guns because I guess laser guns are more family friendly than actual guns. Wow. Yeah. No, you're completely right. Did you see this thing? Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. I, I, I can't, I can't believe I didn't notice that earlier. That's yeah. So barrel dragon literally is just like, if you took three like dirty, hairy Magnum, like revolvers and put them on a dragon, but in the cartoon. Yeah. Like you said, it's like a cheap laser cannon effect. It's like yeah, a, it's, it's like, like a uh, Megatron. Yes. You know how he originally transformed into just a gun? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is what that looks like. It's just three big old Wild West revolvers like mashed together into a robot. You know what? No, realizing that makes me like Barrel Dragon more. Is that weird? No, it looks cool. I have more respect for Barrel Dragon now, and it's not just because he's three guns. It's <laughs> mostly because he's three guns, but still... Uh, yeah, so... Like, no wonder its sound effect is so cheesy. They found, like, a really cheesy sound effect to cover up the sound of, like, actual gunshots. Oh, shit, yeah. No, it is It is kind of the, like... It's the sound... It's the auditory equivalent of clip art. Yeah. It's, it's like generic laser fire number six. But, like, with the sort of, uh effect that you would get listening to like a really shitty like children's toy speaker Mm -hmm, making mm -hmm. this pew noise it would not at all surprise me if they just like put a microphone up to a kid's toy that's what i'm guessing they did they're like we can't have this robot made of guns (laughs) here let me record the sound from this robot made of guns (laughs) (laughs) gonna make a robot out of laser guns because the lasers are family friendly What's, you know, what's with that? Cause like, I, I would never have been allowed to watch like, um, trying to think of like a period appropriate action movie. Uh, so as a kid, I was, I was allowed to watch like Star Wars, right? Yeah. Because they had laser guns and lightsabers and like, that was fine, but I wasn't allowed to watch like, like a King Arthur movie, for instance, right? Cause they had real swords. Hmm. What's what is it about lasers that makes it family friendly? I guess because laser guns aren't currently real, but I feel like a laser would do more damage. Right. And like sword it's, combat nowadays isn't like I get, a real thing. You know you what it is? Hmm. Blood. Oh, because you get fair. shot with a with a real gun, you have like a a spurting wound, and you bleed everywhere, and you're like there's very visible damage you hit, get hit with a laser gun it's like pew and you get burned uh, right. i guess the idea is that laser guns aren't as dangerous as real guns hmm. okay and that's why there's all the like in kids shows there's always like laser bolts flying through the air and stuff right okay yeah i'll accept that i'll accept that uh Less anyway dramatic injuries uh bandit keith has his gun at Pegasus's head and uh he he's saying like you know nobody makes a, a fool out of me and 
you know, I, I should I should end you right now. And Pegasus is like, yeah, please go for it. Like, be my guest, make my yeah, day. Yeah, he's like, give me the uh, the prize money. Mm, oh yeah, that's right. I'll... And uh, and Pegasus is like, yeah, sure, I got your prize money right here, bud. And... Yeah, and he says, I'll give you to the count of three. And Pegasus is like, hmm, okay, one, two, three. <laughs> and uh, he like shifts his foot slightly, and there's a button on the floor, the floor that he presses, and Bandit Keith falls into a trap door that he was standing on perfectly. Yeah, what luck. And, <laughs> and um, he falls through the floor, and instead of going down the, uh, the bottomless pit, I guess he falls down like one of those tunnels from uh, Cloud City in Star Wars. Where yeah, he just kind of goes out this this down this big tube. It's like a McDonald's then, play place slide. <laughs> it's like a McDonald's play place slide, and then it opens up into this hole in the cliffs above the ocean, and we see him fall out. And then he like as he's falling, he screams for like fifteen seconds. Ah, <laughs> ah, 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 and then he goes splash, and he says, "Ouch." <laughs> <laughs> Which is a, it's a great equivalent of like, it's, it's very similar to like Team Rocket blasting off again. Yeah. <laughs> Get a little ding at the end, that little, little, just, just a, just a chef's kiss sort of sign off. I bet they added that ouch at the end just to show that he's still alive and the, oh shit, like you're probably right. <laughs> eight stories up off this cliff didn't immediately kill him like it actually would in real life. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You're probably right. Well, Bandit Keith is still alive. Bandit Keith will return in Avengers 4. Um, yeah. And, uh, yay, Joey wins. And then yay. Uh, Joey looks at Yugi, and Yugi looks at Joey, and uh, we zoom into Yugi's face, and he's like, I'm going to have to duel my best friend. And that's the end of the episode. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. End of the episode. That's it for Bandit Keith. <laughs> that's a serious rap on bandit keith no i'm pretty sure he comes back uh what was your favorite part of this episode um good question uh my favorite point part of the episode was all the uh the back and forth that they did in this in this duel like usually i don't like this kind of stuff but it's actually a kind of clever uh strategy on Joey's part and on Bandit Keith's part, just with all the time travel shenanigans. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was good and it was showing that Joey is progressing and um, like setting traps smartly. And, um, you know, he is doing a good job. He's come so far in his uh, dueling strategies. He deserves where he is in his place on the, uh, the final four or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I like... Uh, the thing I like about this episode is the thing I also liked about like good heist movies, you know, where they show kind of all the the steps in the process of like how they got to this point. Uh, and I think this yeah, episode does a like, good job of like showing the the work. There's a lot of points where it was like, oh no, you got me. Oh, but did you? And then like it shows what exactly he did to like, so he's not actually in danger. Mm -hmm. And he's like playing reverse of the attack or whatever that he had prepared for previously. Yeah. What was your favorite part of this episode? God, I'm trying to decide. My favorite part of this episode. Okay. 
my favorite part of this episode, I couldn't decide if it was my favorite or worst, and, and I'll explain why here in a second. My favorite part of this episode is Pegasus not fucking saying anything. Really? Be- yeah, and it, it pissed me off at first, but I love... It, it's so in keeping with the character of Maximilian Pegasus, uh, where... Let's just let's we'll, let's count the things that he knows about by the middle of this episode. By the middle of this episode, he knows that Bandit Keith stole Joey's entrance card. Mm-hmm. That Joey's entrance card belongs to someone else. That Bandit Keith is actively cheating in this duel, mm-hmm. and that Bakura, not a hundred feet away possesses a millennium item and an evil soul within him that tried killing him last night. Wasn't that like eight hours ago? That's true. I had completely forgot about where they snuck snuck into Pegasus's private chambers and were like dragged into the shadow realm secret headquarters and like had a magic face off with Pegasus that wiped everyone's memories and like nearly killed one of them. I had completely forgotten it until you mentioned it just now about Pegasus's like crazy cult. So like he's sitting a hundred feet away from effectively a supervillain watching this dipshit cheat at this card game that he invented <laughs> and just like and not a care in the world he's just sitting there like hmm, exactly as planned yeah yeah all according to plan no big deal uh <laughs> i i love how it like it pissed me off at first right because i'm thinking if he knows that bandicoot is cheating he should say something but then i remembered oh wait there's actually a lot that he's not letting on yeah, okay. That fits. Yeah. It, it it's it's a great statement I think for his character. He he's just completely aloof to any problems that might be uh coming up. Like he doesn't care. Which which I feel like is maybe how like like I don't know, I kind of want to start living my life that way in, in a small way like maybe I'll just live my life on Twitter that way, right? <laughs> of like I acknowledge that there's a problem there, but I don't have to say anything about it. <laughs> Write a self-help book, The Pegasus Method. Ooh, fuck. You Every know I will. there's something bad in the world, just go, hmm. Start calling people boy. <laughs> no, that gets weird. Um, yeah. Yep. Anyway, uh, what's your least favorite? It's hard to decide. Your, your worst, um, shall we say. I thought it was weird that um, Pegasus... Um, thinks Banda Keith should be disqualified for cheating this way. Mm-hmm. And yet everyone else in the entire show has been cheating in all these ridiculous, like magical bullshit and like scented card sort of shenanigans, but straight up keeping cards in your sleeve. That my friend is a step too far. Well, I mean, Pegasus wasn't watching those other duels, so that's true. No, but he, he I'm totally sure was. he's like, acknowledging them well he yeah and he's got he cameras that, everywhere yeah he's got the camera system um but i think my worst just to be a little meta was uh all the censorship that four kids did in this episode like come on yeah. we know that's not he's you, we know we can see his hand there that's not just his hand he's got a gun come on yeah it makes me wonder like if they had done this this show this year, and obviously they're still making Yu-Gi-Oh shows now, but if they'd done this, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Monsters 
this year, would they have left the gun in? That's a good question. I don't know. Because like so much of that stuff, like kids shows now, I feel like have grown up a little bit. Like they've got some more what I would consider to be like mature vibes going on. I don't know if they would go to the extent of like having a gun on television, but I feel like having a it's not gun like kids these kid days don't know what guns are would arguably be more frowned upon now mm. than it was 20 years ago or whenever. Yeah. Yeah. But it does stand out in this episode. Yeah. Especially when you have a robot made entirely of guns. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like paint some weird glowy effects on there and now it's okay. And now it's just boring and Tyler's not going to remember the name of it. Barrel Dragon. Barrel <laughs> Dragon. Which makes sense when it's a gun. And not yeah. laser tubes. I, I, we can put this up on uh, Instagram. I'll yeah. make a, a side by side of these two Barrel Dragons. Do it. Uh, yeah, it, hmm, man. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's pretty bad. What was your worst? Why is he called Bandit Keith? Is that his first name? I feel like we've talked about this before, and maybe his first name is, like, legitimately Bandit. I want to know. I want to know why <laughs> he's called Bandit Keith. His parents named him like a dog. Why is he called Bandit Keith? <laughs> Bandit. Because, because, so... Everyone else in this in, in in this series, they go to great lengths giving them first and last names. You know, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Joey Wheeler, uh, Tristan Taylor, Taya Gardner, My Valentine, Maximilian Pegasus, Bakura last name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like they 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 go to such great lengths, but the only 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 name that this american gentleman is given is bandit keith so is keith his last name so i've looked it up i have some things to say uh i'm on yugio.wikia.com which is how you know it's factual uh right. because the the fans certainly can't be wrong actually at this point i think i trust yugioh fans more than i trust yugioh shows uh so it says Bandit Keith, known simply as the K-Man in the Singapore dub, is the former U.S. Duel Monsters <laughs> champion. The K-Man? The K-Man. Uh, I to assume say, that's K-Man? No, no, no. No, no. K is its own word. Okay. The K-Man. Uh, not like the islands. Not like the crocodile-like creature right the caiman right uh not like the the porsche model that i really like uh but it's uh just the letter k man i'm assuming k for like keith maybe your guess is as good as mine probably and then it continues <laughs> the to say he was so successful in this profession that his reputation earned him the nickname bandit keith because he's stealing all these wins? Maybe. But it, does, it doesn't It does specify. It just says he's so successful in this profession, presumably being the U.S. Duel Monsters champion, that he's named Bandit Keith. Now, there is a stub article here. It says, for the manga version of this character, see 
oh shit there's a is he in the manga he's in the manga and he has a last name what's his last name i want you to guess johnson okay that's actually pretty close i was about to say guess the most american sounding surname that you can no it's keith howard (laughs) keith howard keith howard okay i truly hope that right now listening to this podcast is a listener named keith howard keith if you're listening god bless you uh you've had to put up with so much in your life being named after bandit keith you didn't know that your parents named you after bandit keith but they did uh and that that that's funny i know keith's i know keith's i know howard's so that's a american is apple pie name i mean bandit keith like they could have named him like john smith or like robert johnson or something yeah keith howard now that's only in the manga that he has uh, a last name. The the anime explicitly leaves out his last name. Bandit son. <laughs> right, but it does it does imply that Bandit Keith is a nickname. So maybe he's like is he pulling like a share and he just goes by Keith? He just has the one name. Right. Like maybe. like like a Madonna or a Pink. Yeah. Oh, hey, it's Keith. It's Keith. Granted, this is the only person named Keith that we've met in this universe, so maybe he's the only one? Maybe Keith (laughs) isn't a popular name in this world? I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, that's my worst. Bandit Keith. He's a bandit. He's a bandit, and his name is Keith. (laughs) And that's as far as that joke took us. All right. It's time to end the episode jimmy as we do every week we end the episode with a card of the week which i have completely neglected to pull up on my end uh you can find the card of the week if you like uh or the uh algorithm i suppose that i used to generate a card of the week uh if you go to our website uh just tyler.game slash y-a-m-p do you have it pulled up did you want to do not yet do you also want to do a card from this episode uh, we can have a look at our good friend Barrel Dragon. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to do you want to pull up Barrel Dragon real quick? I think I think if I had to pick one, it'd probably be Barrel Dragon. That or yeah, Time Machine. Think... The Time Machine was was cool, but I, I think we kind of got all we could squeeze from that particular rock. Yeah, I feel like if there was a, a standout card from this episode, it was Barrel Dragon. Yeah. So tell me about about uh, Barrel Dragon. I think you mentioned it earlier, but uh, it's a machine. Uh, toss a coin three times. If two out of three results are heads, destroy a monster on your opponent's side of the field. This card's effect can only be used during your own turn once per turn. So I guess that's not really an attack. Yeah, it's it's certainly not three attacks. It has an attack of value, which is cool, but it's certainly not three attacks. It's sort yeah. of like a... Man, so, okay, so two out of three successes. So that's that's what? That's a... I'm so bad at probability, and I know that I should be better at this. Is that a more than 50% chance or a less than 50% chance that the monster will be defeated? God, I don't know. Probably less because it's uh, out of three. Right. So, but anyway, but if, you, but if you meet that chance, then the monster is just destroyed, right? Yeah, there's no attack. It's just 
bombarded and it dies, I and, guess. And that's pretty cool. Like, I feel like if they'd played with that in the episode, that would have actually made the monster more interesting. Yeah, that's a better attack. Because they've already introduced, like, okay, there's a slot machine, there's the spinner with the time wizard, there's, like, elements of, like, gambling and chance, there's that, like, uh, gamble motif already in the episode. It would have been so cool if Bandit Keith pulled out, like, a, a fucking, like, silver dollar, right? And flipped yeah. a coin in the air. That would be cool. Right? That would be so neat. And then you have this, like, Oh, oh, but then, then here's what they would have done. Bandit Keith would have cheated not by pulling the card out of his sleeve. He would have had a trick coin. That would have made a much more interesting episode. And Pegasus would have still spotted it, but Joey wouldn't have been able to see it from where he was. And he could even, Mm. he could even do a thing where like Joey uh, demands to see the coin and Bandit Keith like does this like slow motion, like, like flipping the coin over to like Joey's side of the arena, but it's a different coin. He switched the coin. He palmed the fake coin. And he just uses sleight of hand mm-hmm. to like give him this fake coin. Yeah, that would be a, I think that would be much more in line with the character of a bandit. Yeah. Is using this like six shooter monster and like old West style American nonsense like that. I think the only thing that they could have done to make Bandit Keith more bandit than that was if he just like pulled out his gun and set it down on the dueling table, right? Like <laughs> and shot Joey, <laughs> well, or, or something. I don't know, but just like rested it there, right? Like yeah, or if he's like doing cool like gun tricks and gunplay the whole time, like twirling it around his fingers. Yeah, I mean that might have made him more of a cowboy, but still, cowboys can be bandits. That's true. That's true. All bandits are cowboys, but not all cowboys are bandits. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's deep. Whoa, bro. Uh, Yeah, fuck Bandit Keith is what I'm trying to say. Uh, your website is not loading here in my um, in my browser. That's fine. For... I, I have a card of the week pulled up it? for us. All right. Uh, so our, continue. our random card of the week this week, uh, brought to you by, uh, my randomized list of every Yu-Gi-Oh card in existence is the Phantom Knights of Silent Boots. Sorry, what? The Phantom <laughs> Knights of Silent Boots. Knights with a K? Uh, yep, 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 yep. So, uh, the Phantom Knights of Silent Boots is a warrior slash effect monster that says, if you control a the Phantom Knights monster, you can special summon this card from your hand. You can only special summon the Phantom Knights of Silent Boots once per turn this way. You can banish this card from your graveyard, add one Phantom Knight spell slash trap card from your deck to your hand. You can only use this effect once, uh, oh, you can only use this effect of the Phantom Knights of Silent Boots once per turn. And it's 200 attack and 1200 defense. <clears throat> wow, that was a lot to get through. Uh, so essentially, I guess this is a way where if you have a lot of phantom knights, which is a kind of, of monster, mm-hmm. you can, uh, if you control even one on your side of the field, you can automatically special summon. So in addition to your normal monster summon, this card from your hand. And uh, you can put it in defense. It's got good defense. And then you can also banish the card from your graveyard after it dies. So it's essentially like you get a free summon, and then after it dies, you can banish it from the graveyard, remove it from play, and then add 
a Phantom Knight spell or trap from your deck to your hand. So it's a way to quickly get this card from your hand to your battlefield and then quickly get another useful card from your deck to your hand. Uh, do you have a picture of it pulled up? I do. Imagine what you think a Phantom Knight would look like, okay? I'm, I'm just picturing that one Legend of Zelda game. It looks nothing like that. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> this Here, I'll send you a photo of this guy. Okay. It looks like a weird scarecrow, like a ghost scarecrow uh, who's just like a, a guy in a bunch of rags. He's got his face is all like staticky and ghost-like. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and what's, what's the deal with his hat there? I don't know. Got He's got hat. like a hood that's like got a circlet around it tying it to his head uh-huh and then he's wearing a like a punk collar yeah he's wearing uh, a very a large heavy metal collar with uh studs in it and then a necklace with a bunch of teeny tiny little skulls yeah now and it just looks like a ragged uh scarecrow guy running around yeah now from the the name of this card, I expected it to be several entities. This is a, a singular... This is the one guy. Yeah. Oh, so I just zoomed in on this. So the punk collar has a chain attached to the back. And the chain wraps around the back and appears to be attached to its hands? Does he have hands? I or is it just sleeves? Tell. He might just have like tattered rags hanging off. Yeah. I can't tell if those are arms or not. So this appears to have been a, it's a spirit of something that was once imprisoned. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and now just, he does parkour. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yes. Sorry. I just, I just Googled <laughs> this separately too. And there's a great picture where somebody's put googly eyes on it, uh, which improves it immensely. Um, yeah. His face is just like, Two little eyeball dots. Yeah, and it, there's a there's a screenshot. It appears in one of the animes as well. And there's a screenshot from the anime, and its head really is just sort of this ball of like blue light. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a weird one. That's cool. a weird one. But that's our card of the week. That's uh, the Phantom Knights of Silent Boots. Just the one night. May their may their boots ever be silent. Silent boots. Holy boots. (laughs) And a happy candle night to us all. Uh, All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Uh, Next week, we're going to be talking about episode 33, Best of Friends, Best of Duelists, part one. Ooh. Which is a long-ass title, title, right? Yeah, that's a title you can get into. Yeah, you can sink your teeth into that title. Uh, best of friends, best of duelist part one. Uh, yeah, uh, we're going to be coming out on Wednesdays now just to make it a little bit easier for me to edit. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at yampod. That's Y A M P O D. You can visit our website, which is tyler.games slash Y A M P or welcome to flavor.town slash Y A M P. Uh, Jimmy, how about you? What do you, what do you got going on? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Uh, DAH podcast. Yep. Dungeons Against Dungeons Humanity Against podcast. Humanity. Uh, I have new episodes coming out fairly regularly. Good. So, yeah. 
Uh, that's about it for me. Go download my new game. I want to be the rock. Because uh, it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully fun. And hopefully fun. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, yeah. So until next time. Uh...